0: CIO Soup five, ITES SW two, two Git. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges and day to day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at Connection.com slash FedContracts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung, and I am joined here by my co-host, Nick.
1: Hey guys, it's Los. Uh, good to talk to you all again. Um, Excited to get into this mock draft. How about you?
0: Yeah, we're uh, just about a month away from the NFL draft. And uh, unfortunately, the offseason is lasting way too long. But It always uh, does, always does. Hopefully this will uh, tide you guys over a little bit.
1: Yep, get us get us a little closer, one day at a time.
0: All right, so we're gonna do a three round mock draft, and we're this is going to be uh, in a twelve team PPR format, and in this episode we're gonna try to run through the first round and a half, and then we'll wrap up the second round, and third round on the next episode. And keep
1: in mind that we're talking strictly in a points per reception format. So if some of the guys' um, values or spots that we draft them at do seem a little off to you, keep in mind that we're, that we're talking about reception counting for as much as 10 yards rushing.
0: That's right. All right, so let's uh, get right into it. Sure. Uh, do you want me to kick off the draft and we'll alternate?
1: Yeah, you go right on. I'll let you, I'll let you have the first pick this year.
0: Oh, well, how generous of you. Yeah, well, sometimes. All right, so with the first overall pick, I will take what shouldn't be a shocker to anyone. Don't do Leon it. Maybe Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he's
1: suspended two whole games.
0: He may or may not be, but whether whether he gets suspended for a couple games or not doesn't really change his value in my book. This is a guy who... Caught eighty-three balls last year for almost nine hundred yards, and he added almost fourteen hundred yards on the ground. I don't know what else, what more you can ask from a guy.
1: No, that's uh, that's pretty good. Pittsburgh ran a lot of offense through him, and I see them continuing in the same way. I don't really disagree there.
0: Yeah, assuming uh, he doesn't uh, get caught smoking more pot with Legarrette Blunt in his car, then let's let's move on. Who do you uh, who do you want with your number two overall pick?
1: With the second pick of the 2015 PPR 12-team draft, Los is going to take Eddie Lacy, regrettably, out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, running back. Uh, That Green Bay offense is disgusting. They get in the red zone, they get to the the end zone like it's their job, which it is. I mean, they get paid to do so, and Eddie Lacy has nothing but opportunities to get into the end zone. Um, He's a monster. I don't think you'll disagree with me here, right?
0: Yeah, I have uh, actually have Lacey second overall as well. He had over 1,500 combined yards last year, uh, 13 total touchdowns. He's going to have plenty of chances in Green Bay with Rodgers under center.
1: Yeah, he had nine touchdowns last year. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he had 10 or more. You know.
0: Yep. All right, so let's go to number three overall. Yep. And with the third overall pick... Uh, Team Mung drafts Marshawn Lynch of the Seattle Seahawks. Hmm, Interesting, interesting. Now, Lynch fell quite a bit uh, in his preseason ADP last year, but a lot of the reason there was because he was holding out for quite some time, trying to get more money. And after that devastating loss in the Super Bowl, Seattle has made the right decision to re-sign Lynch, extend his contract— and basically, he's getting paid now. He has no reason to be disgruntled, and he is still a beast. So I, I see him continuing his production. I'm not too worried about any injuries. Um, you know, his back has always act, acted up now and again, but he hasn't missed any, any time due to it, really.
1: Now, beast or not, I do agree with you, he he is a monster. But I have him a little lower in my standings, uh, more around pick 9-10 for me, just because this is a PPR league, and classically you don't think of Lynch as a, as a guy that's catching the ball a bunch out of the backfield. Now, he did prove that theory wrong a little bit last year, grabbing 30-plus balls for once, but I I still like him a little lower in this sort of draft.
0: You know, I'm really not worried about Lynch at all, in, even in PPR. Um, a lot of people would be surprised, but over the last two years, he's caught 73 balls running out of the backfield. And this is a guy who, for the past four years, um, hasn't failed to rush for at least 1,200 yards and has averaged about 12 touchdowns a season in the last four years. I think Lynch is just going to keep trucking, and very little is going to stop him.
1: Sure. I don't think it's sexy, but I, I can't argue with it whatsoever.
0: All right, let's move on.
1: All right, at pick four, um, I'm going to go in on a guy that uh, had a bit of a down year last year, Um, still accrued a ton of touches even though being limited in the offense by Andy Reid. Um, I'm going to go with Jamal Charles. Now, he didn't quite have the touches or or, uh, receiving targets as prior, but I think that will just serve to play in his favor in terms of keeping him healthy uh, for this year. I don't see Andy Reid uh, repeating the mistakes of of not really running his offense through him. Um, He averaged five five, uh, yards exactly on the ground last year, Uh, still had nine touchdowns. Now, a big problem in terms of his value uh, from a PPR standpoint last year, is that his receptions were way down from 2013. Now, I don't know if it was Alex Smith just trying to hook up with Kelsey Moore or forcing the ball to Dwayne Bowe or something, because he definitely wasn't throwing the ball. To his, uh, to his receiving options in the end zone. As a matter of fact, Charles still did have uh, five receiving touchdowns on top of his nine rushing touchdowns, but he only had 40 receptions, whereas the year before he had 70. I see him falling a little more in the middle there, 55, 60 catches, which, which bolsters his value by another 20 points alone, which is good for a point, a point to a point and a half every week.
0: You know, I think that Charles will be fine for the reasons that you've mentioned, but I actually have him quite a bit lower in my rankings right now. Okay. I have him at running back six overall, which isn't that big of a drop, but in terms of overall rank, I don't have Jamal Charles on the board until pick number 17. Wow. And the, the reason for that is, for me, I see a clear tier break between the top three, Bell, Lacey, and Lynch, and then the next tier. And really, as much as Charles managed to succeed despite missing some time last year, at the same time, as you mentioned, Travis Kelsey is breaking out a little bit, and they just went out and signed Macklin to about $11 million a year. I think that Smith is going to be more reliant on Kelsey and Macklin, perhaps, for some of the shorter to intermediate routes, and not be so reliant on Jamal Charles as his checkdown option as in the past. Hmm.
1: Sure, an interesting thought. I just think that he's still the most talented guy on that offense. Um, even with Macklin on the team, I think uh, that that uh, Charles is still the most talented guy in the offense. And Andy Reid isn't a bad coach in the NFL. He's going to get the ball to him. I don't know why he he limited him so much last year.
0: No, I definitely agree with that. But um, let's let me look up real quick where Charles ranked last year. He was the number. 34 overall scorer and he was running back number seven and that's missing one game but the reason charles was drafted so highly last year was because of his career year in 2013 and a lot of that was due to his 70 receptions for almost 700 yards and seven receiving touchdowns Uh, that's a lot of sevens yep (laughs) but look at what happened last year the offense kind of regressed a little bit and he still did fine. He caught 40 balls for almost 300 yards and still five receiving touchdowns. But I just don't see any way that in Kansas City he's going to repeat that 70 catch year because that defense is still very good and they're really looking to, as much as they should still. Uh, revolve the offense around Charles they shouldn't have to rely on him for every single play with Kelsey and Macklin there
1: and that's the thing in my opinion with Kelsey and Macklin there Kelsey uh, growing into a you know coming into his own having another year under the offense and Macklin who's, who's a stud wide receiver I think they'll be able to move their offense better which will give Charles the opportunities to have more plays and more touches and more receptions
0: Okay, that's fair. I just I, I, just see it differently, and that's why I have him down a little bit lower, but I can certainly see the argument.
1: There we go. All right. Who do you got next?
0: I actually have a pick that I think a lot of people are going to disagree with. Uh-oh. So I have Rob Gronkowski next on my list. Mm,
1: okay, okay. Well, I guess so. And
0: I understand that there are still so many good running backs and wide receivers there, but Gronk just gives you such a huge positional advantage over every other tight end, even Graham now when now that he's in Seattle.
1: Yeah, but at pick what is this five that we're at? Yes, sir. I don't know. I think you've been eating too many grog flakes.
0: You know I, I may have been. It might be the sugar rush, but here here's my arguments. Look at what Gronk has been able to do. He has played 65 games in his career and in those games he has caught 54 touchdowns that is an insane pace and if he continues it's record breaking he will be in the hall of fame Gronk is an otherworldly talent i don't know what he's been eating what his parents were eating when the, when they conceived him i don't know what <laughs> happened but this guy is just a, a rock star look at look he at what is he is a rock last star year. he's yeah. he was coming off a, of an acl tear And he still caught 82 balls for 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns. What more do you want from your tight end position than that? And for those who say, okay, Gronk is an injury risk, the way he plays so big, guys have to try to tackle him low. I understand that, and there's certainly risk involved. But look look at what happened last year with Adrian Peterson. You know, things like that can come out of nowhere. When when you're doing your ranks, you can't really take into account injury. It's not like he's Danny Amendola who gets injured on every single play. This is a guy who plays hard, and while he does have a slightly higher risk of injury, I just don't see it fair as having to account for every single player's injury risks when you have no idea what's going to happen week to week.
1: Sure, that's reasonable. And if he just keeps on party rocking, then he'll just keep on rolling.
0: Right. So as as much as some might might shy away from taking a tight end so early, I think that he is a great, great value and, and you know, if it weren't for if it weren't for those superstar running backs, I could even see him take taking him even higher.
1: Okay. That's fair. In actuality I do agree that Grant is a first round talent this year, um, without question, especially in a PPR. Maybe not quite as high as you've taken him, but For the reason that he gives you such a positional advantage in the past, he gives you an even greater positional advantage, in my opinion, this year. Because the number two, in my mind, has been, is now, is for the foreseeable future, Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham's stock himself has definitely fallen since moving from Drew Brees in New Orleans to Russell Wilson in uh, Seattle.
0: Yeah, I think more than any other position, Gronk is in that elite tier by himself. Yeah,
1: it's him, and then there's then there's
0: everybody else. It's it's him on the hill looking looking for the next guy.
1: Right, looking down at Graham and and Kelsey. I think we we're probably on the same page there. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is kind of well, you you roll down the hill a little bit, hit Greg Olson, and then you roll far down the hill and find everybody else.
0: I would put Mar- uh, Martellus Bennett up there with Okay, yeah, back. that's
1: that's true. That's true.
0: All right, so who do you have at six overall?
1: All right, my next pick is going to be a guy that a lot of people have drafted in a lot of drafts number one overall. He had a bit of a rough and tumble year last year. Uh, well, I get home. Um, that's a terrible thing to say. Okay, Adrian Peterson is uh, is my next selection um the guy just oozes talent he's a monster back he didn't go on the field last year he saved himself from getting any sort of wear and tear and injury um whether he's back with I I don't even care whether he's back with Minnesota I take him here and if he gets traded to another team and becomes a lead back on a great offense and then which I don't see happening at this point anymore by the way but if he does then I take him even higher in this draft he's shown Otherworldly talent. He runs the ball like nobody else. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. This guy can do everything. And the only thing limiting him is his own offense, which has improved in this offseason.
0: Yeah, I don't, uh, I have him a couple spots lower, but I definitely don't disagree taking him there. I think that Peterson having an entire year off to really let his body heal. This is a guy who ran for 2,000 yards. The year after he tore his ACL. That is yeah. incredible. Yeah. To to think what he can do after a year of rest and playing angry with a chip on his shoulder, showing everybody that he's still got it at age thirty. This is he he's another one of those guys like Gronk who is just in a tier by himself almost. The the amount of talent that he's got is just incredible.
1: Yeah, the only thing that limits me is, is a little bit as taking him this low is the question. Is he going to play in Minnesota? Is he still mad at them? Are they mad at him? Is he is he going to see the field there? Are they going to move on, go with Jarek McKinnon? Is he going to fall into a good situation on another team? I mean, it, it's it's a little bit risky here just because we don't know where he's going to fall exactly.
0: I understand, but here's how I see it: Assuming he's back in Minnesota, no matter what kind of beef they they've been having there in the off season. If you're the coaching staff, you're not starting Jarek McKinnon over Adrian Peterson. No, you
1: put your best players on the field and let them play.
0: And as for whether Peterson is going to be disgruntled, I I think that he certainly could be. But I think that he's a big enough competitor that he still wants to win. He's not going to care when he goes out there on Sundays.
1: Yeah, I don't want to try and tackle an angry Adrian Peterson. I don't know about you.
0: I wouldn't want to try try and tackle a happy Adrian Peterson. (laughs) There, Excellent point. All right, so now that you've taken AP, I'm going to start off uh, our wide receivers. In PPR, Antonio Brown is the gold standard, the platinum standard, and everything else. I
1: have him first, too, yeah.
0: This guy, I don't, I remember people last year were doubting whether he could repeat his performance from 2013. I did. And he actually, his ADP wasn't even that high last year, but I think nobody has any doubts now. In 2013, Brown had 110 catches for almost 1,500 yards. Last year, he had 129 catches for almost 1,700 yards. Gosh.
1: Did anybody see the Steelers having the number one running back and the number one wide receiver? I didn't.
0: No, and I, and we'll talk about this in later episodes, but I think Big Ben is no longer a, a, um, a low end QB one. He could he could very well be a top five quarterback this year.
1: He's chronically undervalued. I, I think people might still overlook him unless like all the popular writers start to write great things about him. That's what's going to change the landscape.
0: Yeah, but I mean, what there's no knocks on Antonio Brown. even if he gets a few touchdowns fewer this season. This guy has not failed to have five catches for 50 yards in I, I think it's like almost 3 years something like that which is insane. It's a long time. He, he is a model of consistency and, th- and that's exactly what you want from your from your first round draft picks.
1: Yeah, consistency consistency is key in in fantasy. You like to take a splash. I like to take splashes in my later rounds on on guys who you know can be high risk, high reward, but definitely in your first round, you're looking for guys that can give you definite value.
0: Sure, it's it's that uh, it's that old motto. You know, you can you you can lose your you can lose your league in the first round, but you can't win in the first round.
1: Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. And grabbing a guy who caught 130 balls on 180 targets last year is one way to uh, ensure a little bit of safety net.
0: Uh, yeah, he's, um, he's Ben's favorite target, and that's, nothing's going to change that. Right.
1: All right, anything else on uh, Antonio Brown? I, I mean, we're in agreement here. This, there's no real uh, discussion. I just have him a little lower. I guess the, the discussion we can talk about here um, is just a little diversion in your ranks versus mine. Uh, it's just a diversion in st- uh, strategy a little bit. Um, I like to grab, when I see an elite running back, I like to grab them. That's just the way that the league is, is dictating me, that I do my drafts right now. There's a group of elite running backs and then there's a large muddled middle of guys that can break out, can break out into RB1 contention or may just fall off into like, low IB2, high RB3, even RB4 contention. Um, whereas you're starting to grab the wideouts, I'm still going after running backs that I think are elite talents. That's why my- Well,
0: I think, no, go ahead.
1: Uh, that's I was just saying. That's why my next pick's Matt Forte. But you go ahead.
0: Well, I was gonna say I, I actually I um I also adhere to that strategy. I agree in grabbing a solid running back two and then or I'm sorry, a solid running back one and then for your running back two, you can kind of try to piece that together in the later rounds mm-hmm. as long as you have a running back one to build around. Uh, I think the difference uh, here is that I have my running backs separated into a couple extra tiers and I see some clear tier breaks here in terms of risk and reward.
1: Okay. Okay. So go ahead. Sure. All right. Now with Matt Forte, um, I think we can all agree that he's not going to, have the same level of production that he did with Mark Trussman's off Trussman threw the ball at him 130 times and he caught the ball about 100 of them. Uh, that said, John Fox is going to run the ball through him more than Mark Trussman did, giving him more carries on the ground. Jake Cutler is still going to sling the ball around to Alshon Jeffrey, and as we talked about, I think Marquez Wilson is is uh, set up in a nice spot for a decent year, and Eddie Royal isn't hurting, isn't hurting the process. But I think when we get down near the goal line, the Bears are going to try and run the ball into the end zone. And another thing is that, John Fox just coached Peyton Manning with CJ Anderson, Ronnie Hillman. He's seen the success that you can get out of a quarterback throwing the ball to the running back, and he'd be a, he'd be a fool to not at least mimic try and try and make his own offense mimic some model of getting the ball to Matt Forte, who's shown he's a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield.
0: Yeah, I think I'm uh I don't know. I'm a lot more down on Forte than you seem to be. Hmm. I actually don't have him on my ranks until number 21 overall in PPR. Wow. And as much as I hate to see it, I just don't see Trestman leaving as anything good for Forte. I understand that Fox is going to run the ball more. And right now I'm projecting Forte at about probably about 1,200 yards rushing, which is a little a slight bump over the 1,000 that he got last year. And I think that his touchdown total is going to rise as well. I think he's going to probably get around eight or nine touchdowns Mm -hmm. on the ground. However, so much of his value last year came from the hundred catches and the 800 yards receiving that that's going to take a huge cut out of his production. Forte is, I want to say he's going to catch, go back to around his lovey years and catch around 50 balls, which is still very, very respectable but I just don't see him as a top five running back in John Fox's offense. I have him actually at running back 10 overall, which is still which is still a running back one. I just have him at, at a lower tier than the top guys.
1: Okay. Forte last year only had six rushing touchdowns. I think that he's going to definitely have 10 plus. Uh, John Fox showed that he wants to get his Running backs running the ball in the end zone as well as Peyton Manning throwing them last year in Dallas. C.J. Anderson had three, had eight rushing touchdowns. Ronnie Hillman had three. Jawan Thompson had three. And even Monte Ball had one. Um, Chicago has been lacking in the rushing touchdown t- department, having eight total only last year under Trestman. I think Forte is going to be running the ball in the end zone at least 10, 10 11 t- times.
0: I agree with that, but I just don't think that that's going to be enough to make up for his lost production. Because the thing is, Matt Forte, I I want to see what percentage of his points came off of receptions last year. But we can discuss that later. I just don't see him as a top five running back. I have, in my second tier, I have running back six through ten, all pretty close together and they're all still up there in terms of running back one status, but there's just enough risk there that I'm not willing to take them that high in the first round. Maybe, it,
1: maybe it's one of those rare ch- times where I'm letting my heart get to me and just hoping that the Bears do something this year. Not smart as a fantasy player, but I, I, really, I really think Forte's going to return to return to form. I mean, he's been a very valuable back in, uh, in both PPR and Standard, and all except one of his years.
0: All right. Well, I mean, I would love nothing more than to see that, but we'll agree to disagree as of right now. Sure.
1: Season. Sure. For now. Okay. What do you get next? I've talked about Fort enough. Um.
0: A- as we mentioned, uh, I have my running backs in a slightly lower tier later on. So I actually have Julio Jones next. Okay. And Julio is an outstanding talent. He's, I think he's 26 years old this year. And now that Kyle Shanahan is in Atlanta, I think that Julio is going to see a huge amount of the targets in Atlanta because Roddy White is another year older. I think he's 34 now. And as of right now, all they have on their running back depth chart is... Uh, Devontae Freeman? Yeah. Who he's he showed flashes last year, and he's certainly capable of of being a decent running back, but he is not kind of guy that defenses are going to have to fear and he is not the guy who is going to be pounding the ball every single down they're going to be throwing a good amount and they're going to be throwing to julio
1: he only ran the ball 65 times the falcons don't want that guy to turn into their uh, every down back that's for sure
0: well the the way i see it is they they cut harry douglas he's gone mm-hmm. gone as i mentioned roddy's another year older how effective he still is remains to be seen Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't done much to address their tight end situation. They've got Levine Toilolo, and they signed Jacob Tammy, neither of whom is going to be a huge playmaker for them.
1: Which, for the record, I still don't understand. Anthony Gonzalez was was a lifesaver for Matt Ryan. I don't know why they haven't adjo- uh, addressed this.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't make a run at Cameron or any of the other free agent guys this year.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's completely ludicrous in my opinion. Tony Gonzalez, in his final year with them, had 860 yards, eight touchdowns, 80 catches. I, I mean, it speaks for itself. You got to get the guy tight end. He likes throwing to him.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side, they've done very little to address the defense as well. They're gonna be they're gonna be playing catch up, or they're gonna need to increase that lead because they can't stop the other team from scoring. They're gonna be throwing a ton to Julio still. Yeah. All right. So uh, who do you want next?
1: Um, when we get when I get to my whiteouts, which isn't that far away. Don't don't worry. Um, Julio is one of my guys very near the top. I think he was your wide receiver, too. Um, I have him at wide receiver four just after, uh, well, we'll discuss it more, but just after uh, Damaris Thomas and Des Bryant, I just think that they are uh, great talents. I mean, Demaris Thomas getting thrown to by Peyton Manning. Peyton's going to feed him the ball. DT is awesome. Um, I just yeah, think Julio think just falls just tier. under them, but
0: they're very similar in value. I think that, that top tier of wide receivers, those top four or five, are, are all sort of interchangeable. It's a little bit preference at the top. You, I don't think
1: you're going to lose by taking any of those guys. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Um, whereas I still, before before grabbing a, any of them, I would grab LaShawn McCoy, um, especially in the PPR league. He's shown great uh, great ability to catch the football his entire career. Yeah. Um, Blame Chip Kelly for his down numbers last year. Do not blame Lashawn McCoy and Rex Ryan will not limit Lashawn McCoy. That's not something that's going to happen. Uh, Chip Kelly has shown that he doesn't that he doesn't think he needs superstars. So he got rid of McCoy. He fed a lot of balls to Darren Sproles. Threw a lot of balls to him. Um, I don't see Rex Ryan doing that. He's going to lean on McCoy. McCoy's going to score a lot of points. He's going to catch a lot of balls. He's going to run a lot of balls.
0: I, I, see, I agree with that. My only issue with McCoy um, in twenty fifteen, I don't think that the move to Buffalo was necessarily bad for him, but at the same time, he did show a tendency to kind of scramble around and try to bounce it outside last year. And I, the, my only fear is that <coughs> he's going to keep trying to go east west a little bit more than north south because the the run blocking in Buffalo is even even worse than in Philadelphia last year when all their offensive line guys were injured. There's just very little uh, stability or, or, I guess, efficiency at run blocking there, and he's going to need to try and figure out, um, you know, if he can find those holes to go through.
1: And that's why I have him at the lower end of my of my top running backs. But still, I mean, sometimes you just got to draft on talent, and this guy is is probably the most talented guy at his age in the league. He's only 26 or 27, I think um he's phenomenal he's more talented than forte more talented than lacy more talented than charles bell probably has better wheels on him due to his age and it's just his situation that's keeping mccoy down there for me
0: yeah i don't uh, i don't disagree with you I, i have mccoy at 10 overall so we're not that far apart on our rankings of him okay cool what do you got next Um, so you actually mentioned Demarius Thomas and he's, he's my wide receiver three. He's, you know, Peyton has come back for at least one more year. Um, Kubiak's offense usually feeds their number one wide receiver. I have absolutely no qualms about taking Demarius Thomas.
1: Yeah, I, I have none either. He's my number two wide receiver that I would take. Um, I might even take him here if I had this pick. Um, I'm getting up to my wide receiver ranks pretty closely, pretty soon uh so i can't i can't argue with it he gets a billion balls in his in his direction and he catches and he catches a ton of them and the ones that he catches short he runs a long distance with and the ones that he runs a long distance for he catches
0: yeah i mean the last three years he's had over 90 catches each uh, and he hasn't failed to reach 1400 yards receiving yeah. There's, there's no question that Demarius Thomas is a very safe draft pick.
1: 11 touchdowns next year or last year. I see him repeating similar numbers uh, this next year t- again.
0: Yeah, I'd be shocked if Demarius didn't have double digit touchdowns again in 2015. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I, th- I think that's all we really need to say about DT. Uh, who do you got next?
1: Um, next, I'm going to go uh, running back again. Big shocker, right? Big surprise. Um, the uh, biggest mover, probably, of this offseason. Uh, DeMarco Murray. Okay. Yeah, he's he's on the Eagles now in that Chip Kelly offense. I mean, I'm curious to see what the usage of the running backs is going to be there, but DeMarco Murray was the best running back last year by far. He's shown his immense talent every single year it's just his injury problems that have held him back every year and I'd be shocked I'll be honest I'd be shocked if he played 16 games again this year um, but just the talents there the numbers are there you can lean on him for production I mean Kelly might do that he went out of his way to, to get the guy um, he also went out of his way to get Ryan Matthews though so the questions are there and, and they're they're bounteous the number of questions they're plentiful but with if I had to put my chips on the table They'd be there under Marco Murray.
0: Yeah, you know I'm. I I like Murray in Philadelphia. Um, you know he's still got a great line there. That was the main concern of if he left Dallas, what would happen with that? But again, I just have him in my in my second or third tier of of running back ones, if you will. Really? Okay. Um. In in my top twelve, I only have five running backs, Mm -hmm. Um, and those are guys we've already mentioned, but everybody else, including Charles, Murray, and Forte, uh, three of the guys you've mentioned, I have at picks uh, around the end of the second round, so pretty late. Okay, yeah,
1: this is my last running back for a while, so I'm about to change gears on us all. Um, th- yeah, I
0: think I think that my focus in PPR is is a little bit more wide receiver heavy. I, I have my top running backs before all of them, but immediately following, I go, I go into wide receivers quite heavily. See, I
1: just feel like there's so many great wide receivers at the top that if you can if you can wait and get somebody that's not that far removed, whereas if you wait on running back, you're not getting somebody elite.
0: I understand that there's there's a lot of wide receivers nowadays that do very well but if you if you look at last year's stats there were about seven or eight wide receivers that were right about 300 points in ppr and then from there it drops off significantly to about 270 and 250 range and then immediately following down to the low 200 so while while there are a lot of productive wideouts the, the difference in points per game between the, the very top tier and even the second tier is still a significant margin.
1: Okay. I, th- I think the same would be true in running backs if you looked into it, though. Um, possibly even more so, just because there's a lot of running backs that get used in uh, situations where there's two-back systems, things like that, where both guys are getting production. And in fantasy, that really kind of says that neither of them are getting production.
0: See you're you're absolutely right in that the drop off between the first tier of of running backs and everybody else is is even even bigger than the drop off in wide receivers. My problem is that it's so hard to predict that that late first tier and second tier of running back. If you look at if you look at last year there were about seven or eight guys that everybody drafted very highly and they worked out well. Bell, Murray, Forte, Lynch, Foster, Lacey, and then Charles were the top eight running backs last year and they were all drafted pretty early probably within the first two rounds Mm -hmm. but then after that you have guys like Justin Forsett, Lamar Miller, CJ Anderson, Jeremy Hill these guys came out of nowhere yeah true and I just think that there's so much running running back production that emerges over over the course of the season that there are those top guys and then everybody else you can kind of wait on
1: well, this is my last one of my uh, top guys. Uh, just getting back on Murray real quick. He had almost okay. he all, he had almost sixty catches last year, which plays huge in PPR. That's that is near the top in uh, in terms of what the running backs had. Obviously, um, Forte had a hundred, which is, uh, is which is forty more than Demarco Murray. But after Forte, I think Murray was probably number two. Um, I'm not really seeing anybody. Yeah, I don't see anybody that was higher than Murray other than Forte. Um, Do I think he's going to get those sort of catches? No, because Kelly's got to throw the ball all over the field and make a lot of, get a lot of touches for a lot of people that he just got onto the team. But I don't see Murray having that many fewer than that. Um, just because of the offense that Kelly runs, he's going to try and run, you know, 15 plays per offensive drive or whatever he can do.
0: Okay. Yeah. uh, Like I said, um, Murray, I have as my running back nine overall. So he's, he's not much lower than, than where you have him. It's just in the overall rankings that I have him a little bit lower. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, Back over to you.
0: Um, I'm going to keep going with the wide receivers. I've does Bryant. He's my number four overall wide receiver. And uh, this is, so this is going to be the first pick of the second round in our mock draft. Okay. Um, And so far, we have had, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight running backs go in the first round. We have Gronk as the sole tight end, and we had three wide receivers, Brown, Julio, and Demarius. Well,
1: that's going to change fairly quickly for me, because I I agree with your pick here. Does Bryant is my next player off the board as well, and I've got wideouts for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, Des, again, is, is a guy that we don't really need to talk a whole lot about. Whoever they end up starting at running back in Dallas is going to do just fine behind that offensive line, mm-hmm. and Des is going to be the clear number one receiving option, and he's going to have that nasty play action to go off Nasty. Of. Yep.
1: Hopefully he can... Uh... Catch balls a little better downfield than than we saw him do against Green Bay in the playoffs. (laughs) I'm still bitter about that. I'm sorry. I know I drone about the same things, but any time I see the Packers win when I really don't want them to, I just get really pissed off about it and think about it a lot. I almost I think I think I I think I get happier seeing the Packers lose than the Bears win. I know it seems crazy, but it's just it's just oh, it's just ingrained (laughs) in the fiber of my core.
0: Well, you know, just real quick to touch on that play. I don't remember who it was on. It was either one of the co- commentators or somebody on Twitter was saying that it wasn't it wasn't the officials that everybody should have been uh, annoyed about with that non-catch. It should have been the rule itself is not written very well and I would agree that uh, I think that that should have been a catch, but again, we won't we won't digress too much here.
1: No, I, I agree. I agree with uh, with that, but it, I agree with the rule being being uh, crappy, for lack of a better term. Um, I, I remember, gosh, it must oh, that, probably those must, are
0: choice words. Crappy.
1: Yeah, I I'm trying to be a little PG for the children that listen. Um, for uh, there's that there's that one play I'm sure you remember. Um, any Bears fan will remember. Now this is probably going on maybe five. Even more than that, that years that now. Calvin, that, that Calvin Johnson where he caught the ball yep. and then like sat down, and then he set the gr- the ball down on the ground, and then they called it a non touchdown or no catch. Uh, I I mean I was happy about it, but I knew it was absolute baloney.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember I was at the bar watching that game with some friends, and the the place just erupted when yeah. it happened.
1: Yeah, it was it was funny. Uh, the uh, The Lions' uh, pain was was my pleasure. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, All right, so who do you want next? Who's after, up? Uh, oh, after Des? yeah, you took
1: Des. So, next for me um, is uh, another Packer, unfortunately. I guess this is the second one I'm going after today uh, Jordy Nelson. Um, the guy, even above his talent, which. He's talented, don't get me wrong, but I don't know how well he plays on a team where Aaron Rodgers isn't the guy throwing him the ball. That said, he is on the Packers. He does get the majority of the balls out there. And any time that's happening, especially in a PPR league, you've got Aaron Rodgers feeding him. He's going to put up a bunch of points, score a bunch of touchdowns. The guys shown consistency over the years, and they just signed him for long term. So, or Well, I think it was before the season they signed him for long term. So they're very committed to him. Um, He's not dropping in the rankings anytime soon, and if he does, it's only due to his age.
0: You know, I'm not really sure why a lot of people say that Jordy Nelson isn't athletic. This is a guy who's six foot three, about 215, uh, 220 pounds, and he ran a 4.5 140 at the combine, which isn't blazing fast, but that's pretty damn good. I mean, it's
1: faster than me, but I'm just right. a podcaster. <laughs>
0: But, at, you know, at the same time, his, his skills in, in route running are so subtle that when he breaks on those routes that not every wide receiver could get as open as he does. And the, the chemistry that he's built with Rodgers over the last few years, that's, that's something that he is, even as talented as Cobb is, Jordy is the number one guy that Rodgers is looking for when he's scrambling. And even with
1: Cobb, with all of his immense talent, Aaron Rodgers is so talented, so effective, throws the ball so many times, and they have such a dynamic offense that can just move the chains at will with between them and Eddie Lacey that they're all going to share, share touches and be able to... They're all going to be great fantasy players, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the reason that he was underrated for so long is because everybody called him a, a scrappy player, and... Uh... You know he's. We'll just have to deal with the fact that if if he drops again in ADP, which he shouldn't, then I'll be happy to take him in the early second round.
1: Yeah, he all, he does tend to drop here and there, which I I don't understand. I I usually seem to grab him in most of my drafts because I don't know people just don't respect him for whatever reason in in the football drafts that I do, and I do quite a few every year, so I, I don't really understand. Um, why he tends to fall to me i mean i i 'm sure people will catch on eventually, and i 'll stop getting him at the, at the value that I usually do, but until then, I will begrudgingly but gladly accept uh, this packer onto my team and and try and win leagues with him
0: hey, I mean one man 's trash is another man 's treasure right that 's right one yeah <laughs> no no, I
1: agree sometimes that is the case.
0: Alright, so uh the next guy that I have in my rankings is someone that nobody is underrating and that's Megatron. Yep, yeah, he's great. He's he's turning thirty in September, he'll be thirty this season, but he's still got it. Um despite missing a few games here and there due to ankle injuries, when he's on the field he is you can't cover the guy.
1: Yeah, he may still be the most talented wide receiver in the nfl um you can see you can i can definitely see the argument for antonio brown but he doesn't fall much further than that that's for sure
0: yeah i don't think that uh calvin's ankle injuries uh, are something that you should be super worried about he may miss a few games um, but that's that's the risk that you take for getting for averaging 100 yards in his other games almost
1: that said he did miss three games last year and two the year before so, I mean, take that for what it is and and also he's de- i mean he had hundred and twenty catches in 2012, 84 catches two years ago seventy one catches in this last year and, and dropped nineteen hundred to fourteen hundred to eleven hundred yards but i i still can't I still can't pick against his talent. The guy is a monster,
0: yeah, I think that one thing that you could potentially try and do if you draft Calvin Johnson in the second round. Is potentially reach for Golden Tate a little bit? Yeah. Um, if you look at Tate's splits uh, in and out of when Johnson was on the field with him and when he wasn't, Tate's numbers just shot up. And it's it's more popular to handcuff a stud running back, but I think that we're getting into the territory where, and we touched on the subject briefly yep. a few episodes back. But I, I think it's perfectly fine to uh, so so so-called handcuff a wide receiver as long as you're sure that that wide receiver is going to see the majority of targets if the other guy is out
1: absolutely it's it's the game i played last year late in the season with harry douglas and julio and uh, julio jones and it paid off very well for me it's a game that i think is going to be played this year with Devontae adams with uh, randall cobb and jordy nelson especially that uh, boykin's out of town now
0: yeah, I think Adams is going to be is going to be real interesting too this year.
1: Yeah, I, I I I really hate that all the Packers are so good and fantasy relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really troublesome to me, but whatever. Back to the draft. Uh, anything else on Calvin Johnson? I mean, the guy speaks for himself. Anybody listening knows how great he is.
0: No, yeah, I think we can move on. Okay,
1: um, next uh, I'll move on to uh, at my wide receiver seven. Uh, my next pick. In this draft is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. Now, a lot of writers, a lot of people are probably uh, going to have him ranked a little higher than this, probably as a, as a bona fide first rounder in a lot of drafts. But I think I see a little bit of a sophomore slump. Not not a slump in, in the terms that that he's not going to be successful. He's going to be wildly successful. I, I have him at wide receiver seven. But I don't think he's going to be top four, top three, you know, top wide receiver like last year for for a few reasons. Um, one, uh additions to the offense. Victor Cruz is coming back. We don't know when exactly, but Victor Cruz is coming back. Shane Vereen is coming back. Both of those guys will be taking uh the defense away from ODB, but they will also be taking balls away from ODB. And less balls means less points in PPR.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, I don't fault you at all. I have um and I actually have Odell Beckham as my wide receiver eight, so just one spot down. Uh, this guy, the, the the stats that he put up in twelve games last year were while he had two tears in his hamstring. Can you believe that? I I imagine almost can't. Him, yeah. Imagine him fully healthy. Yeah. What what what's gonna happen then? He caught in twelve games. He caught ninety one balls for thirteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns as a rookie. He, this yeah. He, his upside is, is sky high. His
1: upside is sky high. But for that very reason, I see him being overdrafted. I, I wouldn't want him higher than I'm grabbing him. I wouldn't want him higher than any of the people that we spoke about already.
0: You know, I, I can see the argument if you wanted to take him towards the beginning of the second round, you know, uh, along with Jordy and Calvin. If, if you took him before Jordy or Calvin, I could maybe see that, but I think that his ADP is going to be in the first round, and I want nothing to do with that. There's just, he's he's showed amazing, amazing talent, but we've seen 12 games from him, and there's just no, no guarantee that you know, he's going to keep up that insane level of production.
1: That's right. If you're hitching your wagon to Odell Beckham Jr. in the first round, keep in mind you're hitching your wagon to Eli Manning in the first round.
0: You know, I, I think that Eli gets his fair share of hate, but he, he actually is a very competent quarterback. And in, in Ben McAdoo's system, I think that both Eli and Odell Beckham are going to continue to shine. Yeah,
1: but I still would rather uh, grab a guy that's getting thrown to by Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan... Peyton Manning over, uh, Eli Manning?
0: Well, I think, I think, um, I might disagree on Stafford. I don't, I don't think he's an elite talent by any means, but I, I understand what you're saying. Okay. Um, in fact, uh, I had Randall Cobb in front of Odell Beckham in my rankings and that's who I'll take next. Okay. Uh, Cobb is actually my number seven wide receiver just ahead of Odell Beckham. And, you know, I, there's not much to say about him. He's re-signed in Green Bay, so I see him putting up very similar numbers to what he did last year. I'm not worried about him at all.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. The only issue with Randall Cobb is is uh the the frequent injuries that he does have. But when he's on the field, he's he's completely major. He's awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh like I said with Jordy Nelson, much of the same applies here. Uh, the guy is a hundred uh, reception uh, possible receiver every single year that he's healthy and on the field. Uh, Aaron Rodgers throws the ball a lot. He's going to catch the ball a lot. You feed this guy, you get him touchdowns. I think he's probably going to have more points this year than last year. I feel like he I feel like he under a little for me last year.
0: You know, I I don't know about that. I think that Cobb is still going to put up the catches and the yards, but I could see his touchdowns dipping a little bit. Devontae Adams is coming on quite a bit now, and if uh, if Richard Rodgers can make can take that next step, he might get a few more of those goal line targets as well. I think if anything Cobb's touchdowns may regress slightly. Um but again, he's still he's still an elite wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Especially yes. in PPR.
1: Absolutely, especially in PPR. Uh 90 catches
0: last year yes sir all right let's uh let's move on who do you got
1: all right so with the last pick of the day uh, i'm gonna go with a guy who's been frequently seen higher in drafts uh dropped a little bit here uh had a down season last year but i i think i see him returning to form uh despite the lack of uh, faith that people are putting in his quarterback now Uh, a.j green out of cincinnati um the guy's I think I've said this about every player I've talked about so far, but the guy's talent speaks for himself. That's why we're drafting him this high in this league. Uh, Last year he was down at uh, 69 catches on 116 targets, still at 1,000 yards, only six touchdowns. Um, I think this is a guy that's going to be undervalued on draft day. He has top five wide receiver uh, talent. He has since his rookie year, um, and I see him returning to form this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. There, AJ Green had you know issues with his foot last year, but we've seen all the all the elite wide receivers that have had injury issues at some point. Julio also had a foot issue. Uh, Calvin last year had those ankle problems. I, I just don't see that as a big enough risk to really downgrade Green that much.
1: Right, and this can be a positive for you drafters. I mean, he's going to be undervalued. Grab him before people are thinking about him.
0: Yeah, I think that A.J. Green, even with Jeremy Hill uh, coming on quite a bit, Hill's going to get his fair share of rushing touchdowns, but they're going to still throw those bombs to Green, and he's still a giant target at the goal line.
1: He's a perennial 100-plus catch, 10-plus touchdown
0: threat. Uh, Can't argue with you there. Yep. All right, so we're going to wrap it up with A.J. Green. Uh, On our next episode, we're going to finish out the second round of our mock draft, and we're going to do one more round to round out our top 36 in PPR. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. As always, uh, if you have any questions, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore M-E-N-G.
1: And I'm at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. And our great producer, Dan, is at FFA underscore Dan. Um, be sure to like us on the Facebook. Uh, send us your comments. Send us your tweets. If you agree or disagree with any of your, your pick, uh, any of our picks, tell us why. Tell us why we're stupid. More importantly, tell me why I'm smart. Uh, <laughs> uh, hashtag #FFAQs.
0: We'll uh, be back next time. All right. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks, Addicts.